bing bong, are we rolling, Paddy? We are. You ask me that every week, and we, we already are. There was one week when we weren't. Well, there was one week when I was completely <laughs> blocked out of the entire dog pod I think by so. you on purpose. Yes. Uh, Thank I'm... you very much. Dear listener, I had accidentally failed to turn Maria's microphone on. That's what happened. Accidentally, you say. Dark pod. So, we have discussed with previous guests when's the right time to get a dog. But if you've got a really, really busy life, how do you incorporate that? Even though you've got children, mad career, mad life rushing around the whole time, no time for anything, but you want dogs. I think it's that syndrome. If you want something done, you ask a busy person. You can do anything as long as you want the end result to be, you know, a dog or two. Really? And we were talking Hang to... Hang on, that's, that's... I mean, we have got a very inter- interesting guest coming up, but you, one of your nuggets has just fallen there. Oh, yes. Shining on the floor. A nugget, you say. So you believe, because this is also people who lose the will, sometimes find it hard to get out of bed but you're saying that actually if you focus you can do everything that you want you're kind of you're it's an optimistic you've got an optimistic life view well i look at people who have incredibly busy lives and manage to still go out at night manage to get the shopping done manage to clean the house manage to get the children to school etc we're not talking about people in a slump of depression that haven't actually washed for days and so on I think Mind it looks, you, it looks I quite exhausting. Like, I quite like doing that myself. It looks exhausting. I mean, people do balance a whole lot of life and they still manage to keep doing more than many other people. That's amazing. Yes. Well, one of the people in public life who's just been promoted into a maximum point of publicity is Sarah Cox of Radio 2. She's got a book out. She's got a weekend show coming up. She presents Love in the Countryside. She also does a Look Back in Time. And she's on Radio 2 now daily at drive time. That's right. She's been Prime slot. And she's a lovely woman. And she agreed to come on our dog pod. And she has two dogs called Bino and... Dolly. Dolly. She's mad about animals. Yes, she grew up on a farm. And she's had dogs all her life and was not prepared to give them up just to pursue a career in the nasty old media. I mean, can you see yourself, Paddy? Oops, that's totally keeping God. Can you see yourself having another dog? Two dogs, you, people say to you, oh, two dogs is easier. Two dogs is easier, one. They look after each other. They exercise each other. It's much easier. That's, that's that voice again, isn't it? Your well, generic the, voice for anyone that isn't you, basically. It's the inner voice of doubt. <laughs> but I did get another dog. When my last one was around, I just went mad and drove off to Basildon and got another dog. And then I thought, I've ruined my life now. I have ruined my life. I cannot actually cope with two. So what did you do? Gave it away. Who to? My hairdresser. And did that dog th- thrive? Yes. Had a lovely life. And what was your hairdresser's first name? Julie. And has Julie still got the dog? Yes. Or... <gasps> do you ever see it? Yeah, I do. Casper. Do, does Casper ever look at you like he knows who you are? 
look at me, you cold-hearted woman. No, I went into the hairdresser and said, I've ruined my life. I've got two dogs and I shouldn't really. And I'm working. And and she said, oh, I love this dog. Can I have him? Wow. Can I take him home and see if I can get away with it with my husband? And I said, yes. And then I never saw him again. This is, I mean, this isn't strictly on message because we're introducing Sarah Cox, who's a global star. Global star and superwoman. But this does, your story does remind me of oh, yes. friends who live in the rural parts of England in a village. I won't identify where. And they clubbed together in the village to buy a dog for a man who lived in the village and had recently not had a girlfriend anymore. It was single, no girlfriend. So they thought, we'll get him a dog. That's a bit... I mean, I've heard of intervention. <laughs> That's a bit like taking over somebody's life. Well, it was a friendly gesture, and they said, obviously, if you don't want it, we'll have it. So he saw the dog, and exactly 60 seconds later went, I don't want it. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the people who'd clubbed together to get it then had to keep it, because that was the promise. Well, that was a foolish thing to do. You can't play fast and loose like that with the, dogs' lives or lonely men in the village's lives, frankly. <laughs> it's what you did. did you he, got one and gave it away to Julie the yeah, Snipper. Yeah, but only because she wanted it. And well, no, you said to Julie the Snipper, I've overpushed myself. You didn't know that the Snipper wanted it. <laughs> but I want to know more about the man in the village. You can't, because this is the Sarah Cox episode. And yeah. it'll have to... Return. Just tell me. People still want to know a little bit about us. And I need to yeah, know about I, the man in the village. I was happy to do the dog pod with just you and me, but you said we needed guests. And therefore, we've got the world's best guests. Doesn't stop us talking. We can't. We've got to get tell to Tell the Cox. listeners about the man in the village. Did well, he fall out with everybody? Did he move house? Did he ever get a girlfriend? Is he still living in the village? Yes, he is still living in the village. No, he didn't fall out with everybody. And he does now have a girlfriend again. Well, I think that was a stupid thing of them to do. But no Don't dog. do it if you're thinking about getting someone a dog without consultation. Present them like a puppy on Christmas morning. Do not do that. And now back to the episode called Sarah Cox Exclusive. Hello. Well, we won't be very long. We can't be, because she's so busy. I know, the busiest woman in showbiz. That's my opening gambit now. Sarah Cox, star of stage and screen, thank you for doing our dog pod. Thank you for having me. Sorry, Poddy, I didn't realise we would start. He does this every single time. He goes rambling off on his own. I have just described you as the busiest woman in showbiz. We have about seven minutes with you, I think, Sarah, because you've got Love in the Countryside. You've just got a book out, Till Cows Come Home. Yes, so that's out, which is about cows and carnivals and growing up in Bolton and going out in the wagon with my dad and getting asked to leave South Korea. Is that when you were a model? Bad behaviours, when I was the world's worst model, <laughs> official <laughs> trademark. Um, yeah, I was terrible. I wasn't confident enough to be a model. I couldn't, I couldn't. I'd been teased my entire life um, for the way I walked. And then I thought I'd join a profession where a huge part of it is walking <laughs> up and down in front of people. <laughs> that or being a Queen's Guard, isn't it? Model or Queen's Guard? Yes, but with the walking up and down, yeah, it was that... The, you know, the, the tough choice. Now, of course, as well, you've got your radio show on Radio 2, The Dream Job. And you have, because of course this is a dog pod, you have two dogs, Beano and Dolly, the same as mine. Yes, they're very lovely. They've, um, although they recently had their hair cut, and because they're little Maltese, little white fluffy ones, I said, oh, don't clip them too short. Just leave them so their hair's the same length all over, which is about two inches at the moment. But it makes them look really 
fat and weird. <laughs> <laughs> and when they got back from the hairdressers, they kind of looked at me, you know, when dogs do that embarrassed face. I do. And I read somewhere that they know when you're laughing at them, so it was good that the kids don't laugh at the dog's hairdo. Where did you, you know, do you remember the dog shaming of last year with people putting notes on the internet saying, I've just eaten five Maltesers? Yes. And other people said, this is cruel. Where did you stand on the should we shame our dogs when they're looking at you like, why'd you cut my hair like this? Well... <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't put uh, pictures of them on social media. Although, funnily enough, I did shoot the titles the next day for my new telly show. So they are now forevermore for this new telly show. They're in the titles with their terrible hairdos. They're going to hate me. It's getting corrected on Tuesday. Now, why is it that some people thrive with a dog and other people say, I can't have a dog, I'm too busy. I'm trying to have a career. Like in your case, you keep being promoted, getting new shows. I mean, it hasn't happened to us. We've got a dog, Maria. I know, it's quite annoying. It hasn't happened to us. But are you someone who's got on because of your dog or when some people say, I can't have a dog because I can't do a career? I've always had dogs because I grew up on a farm, so we always had working dogs, we always had guard dogs, we always had different mangy Alsatians that would eat local cats, so they always had to be chained up, and we always had terriers because of rats, and we had gun dogs and stuff, so I've always had to be with, I've always had to have a dog, because a house without a dog to me, just it's just not right. And so it's when wrong. I, well, it, and it's wrong. And when I got my, I got my first dog the day, I basically got the Radio One breakfast show, and I was starting on the Monday, and I picked up my keys on the Friday just before that to my first ever flat, and I had a mortgage and everything, and it had a little garden. So I thought, now I can get a dog. So on the Sunday. Drank loads of wine and I went, rang up a pet shop in Plasto. Don't do this now. This was really bad. This was like 20 odd years ago when I was stupid. Um, and I jumped in a taxi with a friend and went and got a little Basset puppy. <laughs> and like really bad. There's this woman like, all right, I've got me here. And like shoved with this dog and I gave her cash. It was really bad. I mean, Did I it die after six months? So, no, 13 years. <laughs> that was Snoop. And the Radio 1 listeners named him Snoop because you know what it's like on the radio. You need to talk any old tosh and do a couple of features <laughs> people have like did you do that with your children i was like no i'm not insane they just named my dog <laughs> but, why, but that's a big theme of, so, of, of lots of people who are worried about being their people being comparing their dogs to children i mean there's a difference isn't there that your dog is not your child no it's i mean there is there's a difference the, the popularity though of the dogs compared to the children higher it, it definitely does sometimes it you know i look at them like thanks for just having my back when the kids are <laughs> but then you um now you well, have yeah, but to the question i guess what i what i've done since because a, a basset does shed hair all year round and was quite tricky to take into work and stuff not a practical job not a practical dog for somewhere like london really if i wanted to take a work so when he died and we looked into dogs i, I said and we need one that i can pick up one-handed and toss into a car in the morning on the school run or to take on the tube with me so both my dogs are always on the tube and coming to work with me and I like that how it went from I need one to so both my dogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know it was and you want another one I want another one even the kids aren't on my side I was like come on your kids you're supposed to be like let's get all the dogs and the kids are like mum really I'm like come on we need another dog but then you've got to walk them and you're so busy so how do you manage to pack that in well they'll often come with me to work so we'll come on the tube and you know if not I always find time we've got a nice little park nearby so I just whiz there to the dog park as we call it because loads of dogs go there uh, and sometimes they'll go for a run with me I've not been for young so I'll go on the heath and they can keep up with me for five miles but if I go like 
five miles and two meters, they both vomit up their breakfast. So I think that's like the medically recognized limit for a Maltese. Do you take them into TV studios and radio studios? Because Maria does this and Dolly sometimes throws up on the set of This Morning. Right, yeah, does that happen? No, she didn't throw up. She um, had terrible diarrhoea just as we were about to go on. And there was just this little squatting creature with brown stuff coming out of her bottom. That was Piers. Uh, and, <laughs> and everyone's, no, it was this morning, and everyone's saying, don't get the shitting dog in, shot. <laughs> but they've never done that. No, they're pretty good. What I, there was once I took them to a voiceover and I could... Um, I could hear them scrabbling around at something, so now I'm always aware of this. They were scrabbling around, like, what's that they've got? And it was one of those little grey sort of rent-a-kill boxes that's <gasps> got rat poison. So always be careful if you take your dogs to a voiceover at summer, because, you know, if it's in Soho, it's manky, isn't it? You know, four inches from a rat. That's, and that's very that. good advice. And two metres from sushi. I said to Maria, <laughs> is, is it going to make you look a bit, you know, vulnerable if you go to work with your dog? Because Maria's going to... I go to work with mine sometimes. Do you think that non dog people look at us a bit like why can't that person be separated from her canine no i think they think why why aren't i that person with such a lovely dog and (laughs) such a lovely relationship that's how i feel they're very nice to the bosses as well there's one lady called fiona who used to be my producer and now she's one of the head honchos here and they still go wild for her so i'm like it's quite good for the career make sure sure your dogs like the bosses (laughs) well that's why you got them so i've got all the jobs no but in here it's like it's amazing how everyone's happy to see little dolly yeah just it's making us feel good we know you're very busy bobby's making his tea dolly's prancing around there's a lot of dogs in radio too paul o'grady's always bringing a dog along yeah claire teal brings her dog what's in, she think. got that jazz woman she got a big fluffy she's thing got some, yeah what would she would have some <laughs> jazzy some jazzy old <laughs> jazzy old you know pure breed i know i want to say cockapoo but cock-a-poo. i don't know michael ball's got a couple of tibetans has not he? he or a tibetan <laughs> terrier i think he, he brings his in, I think. Do you think we've reached peak dog in general? Possibly. Okay. Well, I suppose that we don't want to reach pog dog, dog, peak dog yet because we're trying <laughs> That's to. Quite do, a, it's quite good for our podcast that people are <laughs> still our doggy. I, one of the themes that what we are. What dog have you got? Probably? I've got a rather big border terrier. Oh, okay. A big border terrier. Yeah, he's large. He's sort of bigger. He's more like a small pony, really, in size. He's more like a Shetland. You're talking nonsense. Have you got a killer question for Sarah? Because yes, we must I let her go and get on with her showbiz life. That's it. Just gonna, <laughs> come on, come on. There's my dog. It's Bob. Paddy is now showing Sarah a picture and she's got to say, oh, how lovely. Yeah, I've got two killer questions so far. Yes, go on. One is you said when she died, how are you? What's your advice for our listeners on losing your dog? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, um, really get your, obviously get your vet involved. <laughs> As in like, don't try. If it's, if it's really ill, don't try and do away with it yourself. No, but seriously, be, if you've got a good vet, then that really helps because our lovely vet, Josh, um, he came round. Uh, Snoop had been really ill. He was making this horrible noise, and it turned out that he was getting fluid in his lungs, and he was making this horrible vomity noise. But we didn't think it was that bad because some days when they get really old, you love them so much. They're such a part of the family. And then, um, like one day, like you know, Snoop would be looking on his last legs, and he'd be looking, and he wouldn't move, and he wouldn't eat. And we were like, I think the time's right. And then the next morning, he'd be like, Hey, yeah, woo, like doing a backflip. And we're like, Oh my god, which like, is you know. it? Is it dead dog or live dog? Exactly. Is it nearly? Yeah, you couldn't quite... You can't tell. So, anyway, he did then get really ill, and my lovely vet came round and put him to sleep in the garden under light, in the dapply sunshine, lay on the grass with me and my husband. No, 
you now crying? Oh, gosh. And we and my husband, prop, like we were in pieces, and the vet had to like take him away in like a little rug, and then we got his ashes, bless him. So we, he's ended up in the cereal cupboard because that's where the dog food is as well. And he always wanted to get in there with the biscuits and that, so he's there now. His final resting yeah, place. Never been all, happier. With all the Cheerios and stuff, <laughs> and the cookies. But um, I, I do think an impo- a good relationship with your vet is really important because when it comes to the end, which is awful, it's nice to have that support. They do such a good job. Are they like a shadow? They're like your. They're like a living photo album. They've been there for you. Mark thirteen years of your life as a family, don't yeah. you? And you look at that sort of coming to an end. But then it's not the same as losing humans. But no, of course. But they are still a huge part of your life. Huge part. Of, I mean, there's lovely pictures of Snoop when my girl, who's now nine, when she was like six months, little podgy thing, sat there on the deck in, and she's there with Snoop, you know. And I think you know he used to hang around at the bottom in the sort of drop zone around the high chair, and you know he was really cute. He, you know, he, he was. It was a really special relationship that they had with him, and I think it's really good for kids to be around yeah. dogs. And my final, my, my final killer question for me is, like, it's never been better for you, has it? And, like, I'm a massive super fan. I, I outed You're myself... You're lovely, Paddy. Well, Thank I, you. But I outed myself in Radio Times saying, for me, you've, like, borrowed... Wogan's Dictionary. I don't know what you've done, but you're sort of on fire. The things you're you're basically bonkers, and the pictures you paint at the moment. Yeah, I don't think we can well, say that to our guests. No, but it's like it's, it's become so fantastical now, and it's at tea time. Yeah. And I really want it at tea time, I, and I'm really happy about it. Have you found a new voice? Do you think that's really kind of you to say? And it is. Um, I've always been like that, and I've not really <laughs> had the chance to show it. Really, especially not here. Because, um, you know, when I was doing 80s and stuff, it's a specialist music show. And then breakfast, I could have a bit more fun. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, but very much when I started off, like one of the first jobs I did, I spent ages at MTV on a show called MTV Hot. And it was basically me by myself with a little fisheye lens camera. And that was oh. quite surreal and silly. And almost like sort of slightly lame stand-up. But that's... That's what I was doing back then, like 20 years ago. And so that's at my core, because I sort of love language. I enjoy language and oh, sort no. of trying to conjure up silly images. Put two you know. words together that have never been put together before. Yeah, and I enjoy, you know, the whole imagine well, the biscuit tin thing. I love that. Keep doing what you're doing. And well done for your book being at number five in the Sunday Times bestseller list. That, I screamed when I saw that. I was really, really chuffed. Um, and lots of people seem to be, lots of women of my age seem to be enjoying it. All the family. Um, Fun for all the family. Right, we'll let you go, Sarah. Thank you very, very much. Who are you doing? Have a great show. She lied. She didn't tell. She just doesn't want to spend any more time with you.